Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Automatic. Still is. I liked beer. I still like beer. Automatic. Still is. But I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. When I was in town, I spent much of my time working out, lifting weights, or hanging out and having some beers with friends. Animal House, Caddyshack, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Working out, lifting weights, too many beers. Automatic. Still is. Many nights I worked out with other guys. Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Laura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your automatic still is brett kavanaugh lane coin podcast one in the same drinking beer all girls catholic school here we are episode seven of the lane coin podcast we're joined by another uh degenerate uh dude likes to drink beer apparently i just saw his face for the first time so that's that's cool uh he's got a kick-ass base and i'm i'm staring at uh, but we got our boy Troy, also known as uh, I think it's Down on the Dog on on Twitter and SC. Um, my dude likes to drink beer. He likes to bet on NASCAR. He likes to bet on dumb shit. Uh, he's my kind of guy. So without further ado and no intro prepared, uh, Troy, welcome to the show. I know that Rory influenced you in in picking up an entire case of Bushlight, and he also expects you uh, to have at least half of it finished in the next approximately hour and 15 minutes. Um, but I start the show this, this, I start the show every week this way. And it's one of my favorite questions to ask people. How did you become a NASCAR fan? When did you become a NASCAR gambler? When did you become a gambler in general? Um, and when did you figure out that like you were good at it? Cause we've yet to have a guy that's not been good at it. So in my book, you're still good at it. Um, I would say it officially started in 2017. So I played, uh, fantasy football for years and I was really good at it. Um, and then I kind of started figuring out, you know what, you can bet on this stuff. So I think my first official bet was probably the Clemson Bama title game in 2017 I think Clemson was plus 6.5 and I said, they're winning this game. And it just kind of went on from there. So how did, when did you, how did the, how did NASCAR come into the gambling atmosphere of SC? Okay. So this is really interesting because during COVID um, there was nothing. And I was like, people are betting on like simulated Madden games. And I'm like, no way I'm not doing that. And then I started seeing this iRacing 
And I was like, can people bet on this? Like, I'm going to look into this. And just a few days after that, NASCAR said, we're coming back. And that's when it started. And I've always been just your basic casual fan. You know, I kind of every once in a while would watch it back in the 2000s. I was kind of a Casey Kane fan. Let's go, I dude. Mean, Let's go. I, I'm a big Budweiser guy, so Let's naturally. Go. So that had something to do with it. But now I'm it, it, I, like, I don't even watch football anymore, hardly. College football, yes. NFL, I don't really care. Well, from someone that, um, you know, I, I probably started following you within the last year. Uh, but for someone that is freshly new and following your Twitter, you have a lot of knowledge of NASCAR betting. And honestly, I wasn't expecting uh, 2020 to be the first time you ever bet on NASCAR. So were you, was that just – and I'm a fan. So, all right, so backstory. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, COVID, Fugazi, we can leave that argument for another time. But you talked about NASCAR coming back quick. Another sport that came back was UFC. And Dana White was looking all around the country for a place to sell out basically during COVID. And he chose Jacksonville, Florida. And Jacksonville obviously complied back. And so I went to that fight because I'm like, listen, no other sport is selling out anything. They got this bullshit limited capacity. I'm going to go support a sport that doesn't believe in this stuff and is going to, you know, keep living their normal lives. Right. So I became an avid UFC fan because of COVID and because they came to Jacksonville, sold out the damn place. And now I love to bet on UFC. I watch it on my phone. I'm out at the bars or I'm like on my way home from the bars, pull up UFC and just start watching it. But was that kind of your thing with NASCAR, you were kind of a casual fan. You watched every once in a while. And then when they came back during COVID, you're like, well, shit, it's the only thing I can bet on. Might as well dive into it. Yeah, that, that, yeah, definitely. And now I'm just, I'm in love with it. I love that, dude. That's fucking awesome. And, and it really, but, it really just, sorry, it, it started with DFS. Okay. Cause like, it more I, of the fantasy the, football type stuff. Yes. I started digging in DFS. I was following a bunch of guys that, you know, knew a bunch of stuff about it, reading their articles. And then I'm like, well, shit, you can bet on winners and top fives, top tens. Like, and it was Hamlin and Harvick every race winning. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, this is easy. <laughs> well, that year it definitely was because I think they combined for like – I don't know, 15 wins or something. And I have a fucking truck alarm that next door is just going off. I don't know if you can hear it, but um, whatever. All right. We are not going to set the record this week. Roy looks like he's sleeping over there because I'm looking at him on the live stream. Um, I, I, let, let's, let's, get, let's dive into the room. So uh, my two quick cents, and then I'm going to have Roy because I know he's probably going to have a more opinionated answer than I am. Um, I historically the last well historically the last four or five years I love betting road courses I feel like I have an edge on road courses um, just just knowing the equipment that some of these guys have especially in the Xfinity series some of the matchups they put out are ridiculous but um, but going into this Roval race I really did not feel confident at all I, I felt like um, I felt like the the, the crazy bullshit that we've seen the last two months was going to creep up 
again at the Roval. And, you know, we really didn't see that. We actually, we didn't see any of that for the first, I don't know, 100 laps of the 109 lap race. Um, and I was actually sitting in a pretty good spot. I had Elliot outright. All my matchups were hitting. I had Bell top Toyota. Um, I had some, you know, some, my matchups were, were setting up to be good. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in typical next-gen fashion, late race bullshit uh, cost me a few extra hundred bucks. But, Rory, what did you think about the Roval? Do you think they're saving the road course and short track racing? And how did you fare? As my man Mark in Mississippi would say, shit show. Like, absolute shit show. I'm, I'm, I was actually... I was washing and detailing vehicles, making money while the race was going on and listening in, I was like, Oh, Chase has got this like right place, right time. He, uh, got, got out front. He, he wasn't running out front till he got out front. And then he had the car. I mean, I think he was just cruising out in clean air, not a not a care in the world, and had a rhythm going on, and hadn't used and abused the race car like he did at Road America. I think he used that car up as I he. I think he was out there trying to make a statement, and then I think he has learned from that because Chase ain't no dummy. Like Chase, actually, pretty pretty sharp guy he comes from a racing family i'm sure bill told him hey use the car up like save it a little bit uh he he looked good one one it looked like a guy that knew he had a good car that just waited until the right moment to to start running it and then you get all the way down there to the end and then you get all this shit about well, it was already debris on the track for the end stage two. Dude, that right? shit was I mean, crazy. I mean, I know, I know, like, that is just, it's sickening to hear as a better. It's like, goddamn, like, so, how much do I really want out there on just any fucking body right now? It, it's unreal what, what can end up happening in at the end of these things and and it it was kind of disheartening a little bit because they created fucking chaos that's basically what what they did i don't give a shit who it came from or whatever but that doesn't look fucking very good at all you know what i'm saying yeah that so when my, my buddy josh Klinger um on twitter posted a video with one, he posted two videos. One, um, when Denny, who claimed uh, that with about 20 laps left, there was that sign on the track, which we can clearly see from in-car audio, it wasn't. However, he then went on to post a video of Daniel Suarez literally driving right over the sign in green flag conditions, which that's absolutely ridiculous. You have all this race control. You have all these cameras, these onboard cameras. You have drivers that can report stuff over the radio. I, I don't know how long it was on the track. I don't think anybody knows how long it was on the track, but that is complete bullshit in my opinion. And disregard how long it took them to throw the caution. A sign 
coming off the wall is going to alter the end of a race. Give me a break. Like I'm all for conspiracy theories. I'm all for hearing people talk about mumbo jumbo bullshit, but I have yet to find one singular NASCAR conspiracy theory that I believe in, but this shit, this shit is, 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 it's bonkers, dude. No one has any video of a car hitting it. No one has any proof on why the damn sign came off. And if it just came off because it came unglued or whatever the hell their excuse is, give me a break. I think Dale, I think Dale Tanhart um, tweeted about it and said, we have all this technology. We have all this advancement in safety and cameras and, and the ability to do things the right way. And we have signs coming off the wall and altering a playoff race that if it stays green, Kyle Larson's in the next round of the playoffs. You know, a couple of these guys are out. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I don't know exactly who would have been in, who would have been out. But it's absolutely absurd to me that we have a sign falling off the wall that alters the end of a playoff race. I was just going to mention Dale Tanhart's little rant there. He basically said advertising just blew this race up advertising there is signs on the track all over why are they there it, advertising right i mean i like but i get it you can't I get put it. them can't on the wall a, right it, it's bound yeah. to happen like y'all don't know how to pay somebody to paint the motherfucker on there or paint it or, or put a sticker like a wrap like they do on the car like not a cardboard sign or whatever the hell it's made out of. Like, give me a break. And when did they call the caution? With four laps? Or it was like four six, or five laps to go. Six. Six. Yeah. six. Yeah. That's interesting in itself. Yeah, that that was that was complete bullshit. That was the first thing that went to my head was here we fucking go. Exactly. I was like, exactly. I, I, I had fucking McDowell win. I had two out of my three matchups winning. Had McDowell in the top 10, would have lost Busher in the top 10. And then I hit fucking Haley at plus 800, and I leave out of there with like plus 11 units. And because of their shit show that they fucking created, because Chase Elliott, I guess apparently the books had too much money on Chase Elliott, yeah. goddamn called in called in a caution for no no fucking reason if you're not going to call it for they probably left it out there on purpose just for that goddamn situation honestly i mean think about it how, how did they know it was there fucking six laps to go and they didn't know it was there fucking 50 laps before that like give me a goddamn break well that's I, the I thing i think we could go ahead oh, i think we could spend hours talking about this stuff even going back to hemrick last week at dega it just this stuff blows my mind what happened with hemrick refresh my memory he was the one wasn't he the one stalled out in pit lane and then they called the caution i don't remember i remember host of our spinning on purpose like an idiot no um hemrick you might be right i just he stalled out in like in stall one, his car was just – it couldn't start, and they called the caution. Well, That was kind of Yeah, I, I get it. I, speaking of bullshit, though, and I know that you guys have some, some heavy thoughts on this, and I'm going to go make myself a cocktail because we had audio issues 
to start this, uh, this recording of the podcast. So I went through about half my cocktail and I have just since finished it. I see you did that shit on purpose. So you drink more. Yeah, here we go. Here we go again. I'm going to lose my I'm so used to calling you fucking SC. I got to get T-Roy in my head. T-Roy. T-Roy said, said, it's all right to drink another one, I promise. All right, well. I promise. I'm going to go make another cocktail. But I I know both of you guys have thoughts on this whole Cole Custer penalty and this manipulation stuff and this inconsistency with NASCAR. So, Troy, have at it. I'm going to go make another cocktail. I'll see you guys. I'll turn it over to T-Roy. I know he has a lot to fucking say about this. Okay, I don't want to rant too much, but I want to go back to Elliot and how he got in the lead first, just to kind of go over that. That was Alan Gustafson. That pit strategy put him in the lead. And that was a great call. And nobody really talks about that. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's becoming one of one of the best crew chiefs in the business. I mean, he makes the right calls. He's great, great at adjusting the car, I believe. Like Chase Elliott is a great person to grab live. I think I've hit hit him at where was it? It was at um he won what Nashville, right? Yeah, after Nashville Dover rain delay. I had yep. him at 1,600 in that race. Like, he, he's that perfect driver that he's there at the end. He's the – a lot of people I know give him a lot of shit because he has a lot of annoying fans. You know what I'm saying? I know oh, I've heard know. you say this before. Chase Elliott, though, is a cool-ass dude. Like, he really is. He's down to earth. I've met him before when he was, like, 18. and it was just like this shy ass kid just living in the moment, loving, loving everything. And he was probably the nicest person you ever met until you met his dad. His dad was like that. His dad's real, just cool ass dude. Like I remember when I used to go to the races with my dad, when he helped, helped a guy, he helped junior Johnson, but the, the guy that he worked with at Barkhauser Ford, he was the fuel mileage guy for junior back in the day. So my dad used to go to a lot of the races on the Southeast coast and shit with him, whatever around anywhere that you basically could drive to not get on a plane. I think he flew with him like one time and he he's like, I am. Hey, well, he was like, I am. He's not here anymore. God bless you, dad. Like wish he was around for this. Cause he loved this shit. Hey, he, he would absolutely be eating this up. So, but anyway, um, it just, it's one of those, one of those deals that I think they're fucking picking on an organization versus actually that would have been a real penalty in real life. I mean, Briscoe actually drove the fucking car down in there and die bombed it hard. Do do we have any audio from Cole Custer's audio saying car coming in hot low? Like no, it was like you have a flat tire. Flat tire. Hold up, hold up. You have a flat tire. Oh, Cole, that's even better. I love it. (laughs) All right, here's my thing. Here's all right. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And and so all right, 
my first question is, how is this any different than Chase Elliott at Bristol last year? NASCAR said it was because the Chase took it into his own hands, right? He was like, where's the five? I'm going to help him out. So, and, and, and the difference was that Custer, that his crew chief was manipulating the race saying, oh, you have a flat tire, hold up, tire rub, tire rub, blah, 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 whatever. So that tells me, okay, as long as the crew chief doesn't say it, or any, if there's no, I, I mean, there is radio transmission of Chase Elliott saying, where's the five of them to help him out. Like that, that just doesn't, that, that screams inconsistency to me. And if you're saying that as long as the crew chief doesn't say it, it's fair game. Like, give me a break. It's black and white. Are you going to, are you going to let drivers manipulate points on the track by letting up or doing something deliberate, or are you going to let it go? I know another person that's really pissed off, and that's that's well, two people, Phil and Steve. They had Cole Custer top ten. That's fucked was up. he running? Oh, he was running in the top ten because I had Briscoe yes, top ten. He I was on Briscoe. Oh, he didn't finish top ten, did he? No, I don't think he did. Yeah. You know, I think I think Custer was pissed off by the fucking call and turned it more into a shit show than what he was supposed to. So Custer finished. He blocked the fuck out of them. The DQ was called. They had. Yeah, I'm to. showing Cole Custer finished 24th, but he was definitely running close to like ninth, tenth, eleventh when that shit happened. They put him last car on the lead lap then. They, yeah, I guess they had to. I don't know. That's weird. But if you watched it. It was more of a pissed off driver move because Junior wouldn't well, have noticed somebody just all of a sudden. Like, if he would have played it, let's say like Chase Briscoe was running behind him and not too like a car behind him. I think it it's easier to pull off in that situation. Like well, Custer's got to be thinking to his fucking head, "I ain't got no goddamn flat tire." Like, how the fuck is, like, fuck you, motherfuckers. And, like, literally locked the goddamn brakes up and swerved left to fucking right. Like, I remember what went back and watched the replay on it because I didn't see it when it happened. But I heard the radio, like, all of a sudden, Briscoe jumped up. And I'm like, what the hell? So... After everybody had to stink about it, I go back and watch it. And, I mean, that's a driver that's fucking mad at that point. I'm goddamn getting ready to finish in the top ten, and I'm always in the shit box, and I never finish in the top ten. And you motherfuckers are going to take this away from me. Fuck y'all. Well, so <laughs> I love that because uh, we have seen cold, cold custard. Uh, qualify very well in road courses and I, I somewhat we've, we've obviously seen that some of these guys uh, can dice it up at the front like like Cole Custer Justin Haley we saw at the Roval um, but I want to touch on one thing so Parker Kligerman who I think is great for the sport he's, he's commentator he's driver he's Twitter guy posting videos and shit I'm all about it so he posts this video and is talking about the SMT data and saying that Briscoe absolutely threw it in there and and was doing some mile per hour or whatever breaking zone way farther than he had done in the 108 laps prior to that. 
like, who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe Parker Kligerman? I can't imagine that he's like lying out of his ass. Um, are we going to believe NASCAR? Obviously when the radio communication came out with Custer and the crew chief is saying, Hey, you have a tire down, you have a tire down. And the video clearly says that he doesn't have a fucking tire down. Like, who do we believe? What's fair? Like, I mean, I just wish from my perspective, I just wish that NASCAR would, would, would be either or either penalize Chase Elliott at Bristol and penalize Cole Custer or Here's don't penalize Chase Elliott and Here's don't penalize Cole Custer. All right, let's I- Here's the, difference. Here's the difference. Chase's fucking pit crew spotter, whoever didn't come over the radio and tell him to do some dumb shit like right. that. Chase, and that's bullshit. Chase decided upon himself to go out there and fucking get in the way. Like, and it wasn't. What's right, the difference? But the crew chief. That's it. That's the only difference. That is the only difference, but it's different when you're giving direction towards something and when you're not and you take it upon your own hands and do it like that's the boys have at it versus hey you don't look you gotta have somebody tell you boys have at it you know like then then we got all kinds of problems i think it's different when it just comes from the driver and he's pissed off versus it comes from any damn team out there at any situation that they're trying to help. I mean, would you want to see somebody win the fucking championship because of, of shit like this? I mean, Absolutely really. fucking not. Absolutely well, fucking not. What yeah, about in like, 2020 when Jones was told not to pass Hamlin? Okay. Like, I think it, well, Troy, point proven. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. But it's, it's okay, you don't call it for Jones. You don't call it for Elliott, but you call it for Colt Custer and SHR. That's that's the point. That's the that's what I don't understand. That part right there. Well, I mean, part of part of the issue with this fucking whole ordeal is this too. If you're gonna tell them boys have at it, like I'm fully I'm fully fine with with the decision that was made. If you're telling me they came across there and told him he had a fucking flat tire and then after I seen what he did, it's it it's just bother it bothers the fuck out of me that I'm actually putting real fucking money on this shit. <laughs> that that, that is the problem. <laughs> like wait, so it, it's almost like goddamn we're betting on the fucking WWE fucking F now. E WWE, my bad. All right, Troy. I don't say WWF, you know, back in the stone cold fucking crashing beer, <laughs> Steve Austin days. Uh, Royce. And know, that's the bottom line because Roy said so. No, Listen, no, no. WWF. We've, we've been drinking tonight. Oh, boy. All right, uh, Troy. So uh, I've seen your messages, I've seen your tweets. Um, you may or may not be taking a little hiatus uh, from gambling on NASCAR. Two two part question: Is that true? And uh, and uh, what are you looking for at Vegas this weekend? Because I know it's not true. <coughs> well, yeah, obviously that is probably not true. Wait, um, one more question: Have you placed a wager yet for this weekend? No. Okay. Okay. So it's still true. It's still true. I, I honestly, I. I don't know what to do anymore. I, well, you, what's going to happen? 
Rory said exactly. Rory said it. We we bet actual money on this shit. Hey, like, just yeah. just wake up Sunday morning, fix you a fucking couple of Bloody Marys, Rory style, and and fucking shoot for the stars. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I might I have, have one a, then. I have a lot of confidence in old MTJ this week. I don't know why, but. This just feels like, why the fuck would we let anybody else win a race that's in the fucking playoffs other than Christopher Bells? Because we got to get him advanced, you know. Gibbs racing. And everybody wants to talk about Hendrick buying spots in the fucking chase. What, what do we make of the cardboard sitting out there on the track that everybody's been ran over a couple of fucking times? And then we throw in – Oh, we got to blame fucking Hendrick for shit. But then we turn around and we're going to be like the slide devil himself and slide Gibbs right on up into this thing. And we want this kid right here that's really talented. We want him in the next round. There was one, one thing I wanted to say about this whole situation. You guys listen to NASCAR radio. Yeah. So all week it's been talk about Custer and hardly any talk about that sign laying out there for who knows how long, what a great distraction for them. Like, Oh, we can't have, we can't talk about this BS caution we threw. Let's uh, let's uh, let's give Custer a penalty. Let's we'll talk about that all week. Yeah, they think but, like Joe, they think like Joe Biden does. If you haven't noticed <laughs> We won't get into politics. We can make all kinds of memes about, about the bullshit. You I know? have one comment about this. So I'm riding in the car with my girlfriend, taking her to the body shop, pick up her car, right? And we're, we're listening to the radio and somehow... Oh, hold up, some, hold up, hold up. You take your girlfriend to the body shop? Yeah, that sounded bad. But yeah, I took her to the body <laughs> shop. There you go. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> So we're we're the politics get brought up, and I'm I'm like, no, we we are in a recession. There, there. By definition, we are in a recession, and this administration wants to deny that we're in a recession. Give me a break. All right. Oh, we're um, fucked. Well, the twenty, the stock market speaks for itself. So this is a NASCAR pod. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, we don't, don't want to listen. Every time Rory goes off on a rant about. In the NBA or whatever, I'm like, guys, listen, this is this is a NASCAR podcast, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Like the North Carolina shorts. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't make it the IDGAF podcast and worry wait, about maybe, what's going on. Wait, what should we do in the off season though? Should we should we have a little like off brand type? Oh, I already, oh, I already have. I already what are we lining, doing? I'm already lining shit up. What are we that. doing? That's a surprise. Oh, it's a secret to me, too. Come on. Yeah. I'll tell All you right. later. I'll tell All you all right. after we get done with this, but we can't spoil it. All right. Let's talk Vegas. So, a couple of notes that I have written down here. Actually typed out in my notes on my phone. They're not written out. Um, I, am, I, am, I am gigantic on Toyota. I am big notes on Toyota. Notes are for pussies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. Um, 
honestly though rory's memory he he might have said earlier that he has a shitty memory it's actually unbelievable because tonight on Derek's show or wednesday night on Derek's show he's talking about like details from the vegas race like give me a break how the fuck did you remember that and and then you could go back on this podcast and be like rory will be like oh yeah i had larson top five i had elliot top three and with uh, 12 and a half laps to go. Elliot was three seconds uh, out of fifth place and he would have had it if this didn't happen. And I'm like, dude, I, how is that even possible that you remember that? So yes, I understand. And I believe that you do not come prepared with notes. However, I have to make notes because if I don't. 420 start- is my favorite day of the year. Yeah, well, I'm sure. And if I don't have notes, then we'll start talking about Joe Biden and a recession and all this bullshit. Okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> All right, so Vegas. A couple notes I have written down. I have the official Let's Go Brandon NASCAR shirt. It's Good. So I have cool. a, a FJB edition that I'm about to slide on my truck. You remember that shirt? You helped me bring it back home because you was like, hey, don't forget, don't forget your fucking <laughs> Let's Go Brandon shirt. Damn right. All right. Speaking of uh, let's go, Brandon, and, and love in Asia, uh, I love the Toyotas this week. Um, and I'm putting a lot of <laughs> – I tried to keep it together there. Uh, I'm, I'm putting a lot of weight on Vegas 1. And I'm – the last make couple sure, times, Make sure – make sure Derek – Will you let full, me fucking finish? Full, hey, hey, make sure Derek and Full Tank will fill her on well alert this week. Toyotas, hey, don't tell me to stop. I, if I forget, then I then this comment never even gets brought up. I don't I really understand. need to interrupt, I have to throw it in. It's I an added understand. addition. Does this show get shit. edited? <laughs> Let Mark talk. Fuck, no, Boy, it isn't getting the edited. only time, Troy. No, this is not getting edited. The only time it gets edited is when I get too drunk and I lose my train of thought so no up to this point nothing has been edited so that's what i'm no. fucking talking about all right i'm going on mute i'm gonna go take a piss <laughs> i'll see all y'all guys in just a second <laughs> this is my favorite part about this podcast it literally is whatever the hell comes to mind that's what we talk about all right now that rory's gone i'm putting a lot of weight into vegas one i'm either gonna look like a hero or a zero because there have been obviously it was the third or fourth race of the season. A lot has changed since then. Uh, the cream people, the, the the argument against me is saying that the cream has risen to the top. That the fourth race of the year doesn't matter at this point in time. There's playoffs on the line, yada yada yada. But some also some of the comp tracks I don't agree in. I I understand Charlotte. I do not understand Texas. Now, I, I get why people are throwing in Texas, and it's because they're using the same tire code this weekend. And Lord help me if we have right rears blow out or right fronts blow out because I am going to lose my mind if we have another one of those bullshit Texas races. But anyway, regardless, I'm putting a lot of weight into Vegas 1. And the Toyotas – the speed that the Toyotas had at Vegas was unbelievable. I know the finish didn't necessarily correlate with that because we had a late Eric Jones into the wall, late caution with a couple to go. And then 
Kyle Bush. I had him outright. I went back and looked at my notes. I didn't remember that. I had Kyle Bush outright, uh, and he decides to take four. Everybody else gets two, and Bowman ends up beating Larson the line. Anyway, um, so I'm banking on the Toyos, Toyotas to be fast. I'm looking at Kyle Bush. I'm looking at Martin Truex. I don't love Danny Hamlin this week. I don't love the number that they're giving us. I think the numbers are a little low um, for the outright market. And I, maybe that's why it kind of steered me towards Truex and Martin or Truex and, and Kyle Bush because the numbers were a little more favorable. Um, but, I, but I think that this is probably going to be a matchup heavy weekend for me. I've already locked in Truex. I've already locked in Kyle Bush. And I've already locked in Ryan Blaney. Um, but Troy, is there, is there, Am I wrong here? Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? What do you think about the Toyotas? Do you think Vegas one is too heavily weighted in my opinion? Are you looking at the comp tracks? Talk me through your process heading into Vegas. I definitely look at comp tracks. I just, I just don't have any confidence in the Yodas right now. I can't bet Truex. I can't bet Bush. I mean, it's every week there's failures or there's wrecks, there's spinning. As much as I love Kyle Busch, I, I'm done with him. Um, I'm actually looking at uh, Trackhouse. They were so fast all year, kind of faded here late. I mean, they got to have something left in the tank, and I think they're going to haul it out these next three, four races. So, and I know you listen to NASCAR radio, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, but like, what do you, when you say that, and I, I don't disagree, I want to bet Ross Chastain, and I think Suarez at 40 to 1 is a gigantic number that I am 100% willing to lay. But what do you think about Justin Mark's comments about being conservative on tire pressure? Hey, we're going to let everybody else have the problems, and we're not going to have the problems to squeak through and then, and then at Phoenix, maybe we'll, we'll get a little aggressive. Does that play into your thought process here? I believed that. And I call BS now, now is okay. the time to win. Now sure. you have to go and get that win. Then you're in Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, I, I get your, I see your point. And I really do want to bet Ross Chastain because he's the raw speed that he's had on the mile and a half this year has been unreal. I think he's actually number one uh, in comp track total speed ranking. Um, I'll have to check that with uh, Ryan from my fantasy race. Yeah. But, and that, um, like, like you said, that speed he's had, it just doesn't disappear. Sure. Like, I, I think track house is ready to go this week. Rory thoughts on track house. Unmute yourself. Dingus. <laughs> My thoughts on Trackhouse are I like them, I think, better next week than I do this week. Well, I'm going to the race next week. Yeah, I know you mentioned that yet. No, we haven't. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have on somewhere, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure when we had Derek on. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right, sorry, go ahead. You know my memory. Like <laughs> dude, I'm talking it up over here, and you're over here saying oh, my memory's terrible. Like, come on, what side are we gonna play here? No, 
Um, Trackhouse, I think they're going to be in the top ten. I don't know outside of that where where I think they're going to be, but I could definitely see Ross contending. It just right. – the speed about- hasn't been there since earlier this year, though, to, to me. All right, so on one of my locals, I'm getting Suarez top 10 plus 135. What do you think? I seen him at bet. plus 170 on DraftKings. I'm yeah, pretty juicy. sure. Juicy. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That. <clears throat> that's juicy. Okay, wait. Let's make let's make a decision right now. Are we gonna are we are we are we betting on track house this week, Troy? Are we betting on track house? I haven't decided yet. I would you know, I guess practice and qualifying doesn't really matter with this team because they pretty much suck when they practice <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So do we wait for a better number? Because I don't think it's really gonna move. Okay, that brings up a good point, though. So I have this conversation every other week on this show. How much do you put into the value before practicing qualifying versus what you know about the car after practicing qualifying? That's a tough question because it's very difficult. It's extremely difficult because I don't know if anybody has the answer. Okay, let's just take last week for the Xfinity when we saw Dinger just kill practice. Like, you know what? He's going to win the race. And honestly, he didn't have the best car. Maybe Gibbs did, but he found a way. Um, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to figure this out right now. It is, and I don't blame you for having this take because there have been a lot of times – where I'm looking at these odds and even it, so on my local, the odds dropped yesterday and or Tuesday and I'm looking at these and, and I always do like an initial scroll through uh, the odds and what I'm offered and anything. And so what I'm looking at pre-practice qualifying is numbers. So I look at a numbers and equipment and previous finishes. Okay. That they all line up. I'm probably going to take, Suarez top 10 plus 130 or plus 170 or whatever. And I'm going to take Truex 12 to one. And I'm going to take Kyle Busch and I'm going to, you know, take, I'm going to look at Eric Jones at 80 to one. But it, but then, I, you know, I either place the bets or I don't place the bets. And then the week goes on and now it's, now it's Thursday. Now it's Friday. And now, and now I'm thinking to myself, I have no earthly idea what's going to happen this weekend. Now, I think after practice and qualifying, you have a good idea. I think it depends on the track, but I think yes. after practice yep. and qualifying, especially five lap average, 10 lap average, that helps, especially when the odds makers don't pick up on it and you can find something, you know, middle of the pack, maybe a Bubba Wallace versus a Cole Custer or a Justin Haley versus Todd Gilliland, some matchup like that. But when I, when I, to your point, it's very difficult, especially, and I've said this like literally eight times in the last three hours on Derek's show on Wednesday and tonight, it is extremely difficult to handicap the NASCAR races that have happened in the last eight, call it eight weeks, because it's shenanigans, it's blown tires, the numbers from practice and qualifying do not matter, absolutely do not matter. But then we've seen races like Talladega, which we all expect to be chaos, 
to be a fucking choo-choo train and the favorites are up at the front at the end. So I get, you know, I get you know what, what else saying. it is? It's, it's stage racing. Like who's going for points? Who's not? Right. It's kind of ruining your, your betting perspective. Like we don't know this stuff. We kind of have an idea. They should change stage racing to giving away stage points and staying green. If that if that comes up, no caution, nothing happens, whatever. Naturally, roll with that. You know what no. I'm saying? Like they, 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 create. they love creating this fucking chaos because that's what they want. That's what bunches up the damn field makes it yep. stupid. Got to have restarts. Yeah. Well. I, okay, so I talk about this a lot, too. So I have, on one hand, I have my, my fan hat on. And on the other hand, I have my gambling hat on. And for gambling, I want a straightforward, boring ass. I know what's going to happen. The cream rises to the top. That's what I want to happen in a race. As a fan, which I couldn't tell you the last race that I didn't have money on. It's probably been four or five years, but as a gamble, as a fan, I want the chaos, but, but where do you, where do you draw the line between making money and being entertained? Now to to y'all, Roy, to your point, stage racing. I don't mind stage racing. I'm okay with stage racing. I am not okay with stage racing on road courses. We have seen some incredible races on road courses with strategy. There, there could be three or four different strategy calls in one road course race if you would just let it play out, right? And my theory for stage racing, my fix for stage racing on road courses is pay the points out, don't throw the caution, let the race continue. Now, I don't think that that would work on a mile and a half or a short track or, or a super speedway for that matter. Now we probably get the caution on the super speedway anyway, but I just think for road courses, it's, it's an obvious pick. It's an obvious change that should happen, but then you'd have the other side going, Oh, we're going to manipulate this race. You're not going to manipulate that race and no consistency. I, I guess I understand that part, but. Troy, what are your what are your thoughts on stage racing? I mean, you, I know you just said it. Not a big fan. Kind of, you know, go ahead. Entertainment wise, I love it. Like the fan, like you said, it's great. But if you're betting on this stuff, I think it kind of ruins it. Makes it a lot harder. There's no doubt. Rory, come back to us. What? Give me your fix on stage racing. Do you, I mean, are you talking every single race? Don't throw the caution and just pay the points out or give me a little more. Yeah, every single race. Just do it. Just let it let it still be a natural race like it always was and pay them out. I mean Are you are you saying this as a gambler or as a fan? Because like do you see Troy and I's side of fan versus gambler? Because I know you were a fan at one point. I think I think it helps as far as on the fan standpoint as far as bunching the field back up i don't really mind it on the ovals so much as row courses they don't split them up enough it's not it's not enough there to to affect a 
uh, it affects a road course race differently. Like you need to let the laps play out there. So it turns into what it's supposed to turn into. It's, it's just, you can always run up into these guys that short pit this and that, then end up with a caution here, throws everything off like way off. And it turns it into a competitive, like just strategy race. And I don't mind that on the road course. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't really care for that a whole lot on the oval. You know, I mean, if you're thinking about how at Michigan, how Michigan used to always be a fuel mileage race, but I think it also played to the characteristic of the track, the way the way it was ran and how it turned out. You you always had those guys that could hold on to enough fuel to win it, kind of like Daytona was at one time. You got people running extra lines through the roll cages and shit. What not, Harry? You're Howard, talking before my, my time now. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta know that part of it too, though. You know. Well, I'm fucking 26, and the first, the first NASCAR race I went to was the 2004 Bud Shootout. So that was, all I know is is restrictor plates and speedway racing. Road horses would got, be awesome without stages what, what which one i think road courses would be great without oh, stages i couldn't agree just more. make but, it pure strategy and let the super speedway run yes i, I agree to that too. that way it gets all strategized and fucked up and it does throw it into one of those where they're pitting in packs and whoever and can we, get we, on we, and get off yeah, fastest right. we, We've seen that, like in the duels this year, the Gatorade duels. Yeah, if that's what they're if you're gonna run this dumbass package that you run there, that's just, <laughs> no, that's just stupid as shit. Hold on, like, time out. I I fuck with the package, the super speedway package. I have fucked I with it for like a bunch of years. What? I don't like it here. Like this Why? new cars. The new car is what I'm talking about. I don't like it. Why? It just seems like it takes too what? long to get a run. Like. What? You can't go out there and just, like, have a good dominant car. It's all about how everybody gets gets where, like, whatever cars, there ain't no top and bottom no more. It's just who has more on the top or who has more on the bottom. It's I'm not okay – yeah, I don't like that because it just – All right, what do, you want? what do you want? Do you want the 2020 and the 2021 package? What do you want? I like it. I like it when they can get those big runs and fucking. Oh, so 2020, 2021. Yeah. I like passes. I, I think that's entertainment. Well, I think we all love passes. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in that. But, but I also right. like a car that, like, somebody like you bet on Joey Logano or whatever that's all around, like, pretty much, I consider the best super speedway driver that's out there. Like, Denny Hamlin and him are very good on super speedways. They're always up front. They always can push. They always can pass. And they always can lead out front and block. Like, those are my two guys on super speedways up until this dumbass new car came out. All right. I understand. All right. Let's go to Vegas. Um, Xfinity at Vegas. Let's talk about the odds. 
the odds suck. Crap. In my opinion. Crap. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. No, no way around it. Um, okay. So just, this is what I kind of do Sunday night, Monday morning. I kind of predict where the odds are going to be. That's kind of how I start my week. I figured Gregson would be plus 450. What do we get? 250? Okay, we're F1 now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're taking we got like We got like KFB odds here. Right like in the truck. Maybe just a slightly, slightly a little bit higher than even, you know, KFB in his prime in the Xfinity series too, just automatically. Yep. Now, I mean – I'll say this. Okay, so Gregson won four in a row before this. Um, they, the odds makers have clearly recognized that. He but has a rocket even, ship. I'm, he does. Yeah, he does. I'm, okay, there's no way around this. I'm a Noah Gregson but, fan. But one thing, no that you, one thing that you have to think about, you remember the whole big deal about Larson running the cup car chassis or whatever at the road course? I think I think J, JGR has been doing this all year long. I think they're running Hendrick's old cup chassis like Gen 6, right now. Gen 6 yes. chassis. Yeah. They are fast. I think my man NASCAR Prophecy brought that up in in a conversation really? one day and and he was thinking thinking that and i was like you know what that is an excellent point i mean how many races has have they won this year and yes, should have a won. shitload a shitload yeah, yeah. all right so I mean, i'm looking i'm looking at the the xfinity odds here um Guys that catch my, I don't, I do not love Trevor Bain at six to one, even if he's in the eight. Do not love that number. Will I bet him? Probably. Will I bet him outright? Probably not. Guys that I'm looking at for value here Josh Berry, 10 to one. That is juicy. Josh Berry will be in one of my uh, Xfinity Cup outright winner parlays this week. Uh, Josh Berry can get it done. Uh, we, we haven't seen the speed at Almondinger at 12 to one on mile and a half. Um, but I did hear Sam Mayer 15 to one. I heard Sam Mayer 15 to one on NASCAR Sirius XM radio. No, we are not getting paid by them. And I'm slacking a little bit on our unofficial sponsors, uh, of our land coin podcast, which the unofficial big time capital UN unofficial sponsor of the land coin podcast bush beer and the uh super definitely unofficial don't come after me legally uh unofficial podcast of the nascar playoffs um i love hey i'm, I'm trying to get bush beer. i'm trying to get bush beer here i love all right so I'm i love the bush beer too Brand- I love so I love Na- I love NASCAR. Too. Anyway, I'm just continue, calling Mark. them out on God, all their bullshit. God bless NASCAR. God bless Bush Beer. I'm actually drinking Absolutely. Tito's and ginger ale, but that's for another subject. Okay, Brandon Jones, twenty to one. Talk to me. Talk to me dirty. I'm I'm literally I'm logging in right now to place the wager. I like it. I don't mind. He's due it. for I, I, he's he's due for one, right? I actually wanted to pick him to win. 
the championship. But yeah, it's tough. He would um, be a sleeper pick if he wins this. He's in the championship, so that's wait. That does, would be a does Xfinity have the same races from here on out to the end? I mean, are they going three? Yes. Well, yeah, we're okay. we're down yep. to the last four races. There, all right. So no, whoever yeah. wins in Vegas, if play if say it's a playoff guy, is in Phoenix. Just so I, so I know. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, I just you know at first I liked. I did like that mayor, but that kid, that kid has a lot of growing up to do. That's why I might like Jones a little better. Well, I'll tell you like this, see. I have so much money invested in that motherfucker at this point. Like I'm going to straight up if I don't take him and especially at 1500 at a place that I think he might excel at, you got to think. Josh Berry won here, subbing in, right, for uh, in the one car for Annette, one at Las Vegas. Yep. Pretty yep. damn sure it was. See, bingo. Like, That's how you – see, memory. Rory's memory. Here we fucking go. Yeah, I had I had fucking Josh Berry that night. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. But, yeah, I, I like Sam Mayer this week. I always like Sam Mayer, though, because I think Sam Mayer, I think he's learning and he's picking up and he's getting better at the dumb shit. Like, Bristol, though, damn it, boy, that should have been your win. That should have been all of our wins that night at Bristol. Yeah. He almost had Dega. Yeah, he did. Yeah. All right. um, Hear me out. So – uh, our boy Aaron, who drives race cars, works on race cars. Um, he loves to gamble on race cars. He puts shout out, out to Aaron. Shout out Aaron. Uh, not many people do this, but Aaron put out a heat chart, which if you don't know what a heat chart is, it's basically all the comp tracks put together. And I'll tweet out and I'll tag Aaron in this in this um the, I'll, I'll, I'll post a picture of his heat chart. It basically shows all the comp tracks and where they finished uh, for each track. And so the, the, well, no, it's, it's speed ranking. It's not finished speed ranking. Sorry. The number one fastest car at Las Vegas in the Xfinity series in the spring was none other than Landon Castle. I will tweet out the picture. Now I don't know. I, what, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, you're. I know you're. I, and you see Landon Castle with a big old numero uno and a big old green box, and he is currently sitting at fifty to one outright, uh, twelve to one top three, and five to one top five. Now, Troy, does that spark your interest at all? For me, I love the number. Big. That's a big number. Okay, if you're going to – I would say go small on the outright. Top five, I would love that. I think that's a good look. Is that – can we do a – can we do a land coin episode seven hammer? Landing Castle top five, five to one. Rory, you on board? I like that. Hammer time. Hammer oh, time. here we go. Now, to be honest – I think you, that – I think that I would yet- be the most surprising – That that's pretty cool. I, I, like I have that. not watched the Xfinity race in Vegas, so I don't know anything about Landon. I Castle haven't either. Car, but 
Aaron and Aaron, we trust. Okay. Aaron's got some, got some TV time here or some podcast time. All right. Well, uh, if, if Aaron any- said it, then play. But <laughs> all right. If y'all don't have anything else, uh, I think we should get in our shitbox best of the weekend. I got two. I don't know about y'all. I got two shit boxes. I, do I got one shit- that might blow your mind. Yeah, you said that before we started recording. I'm excited. I'm I'm intrigued. I I have all. I am also on uh, vodka ginger ale number three, and it is 10:45 p.m. So I got about 15 minutes until my head hits the pillow. Um, but we have two more segments left. We have shitbox bet of the week, and we have hashtag Rory stories. Like, call it 10 minutes. All right, um, let's get into our shitbox, skybox, bets of the week. Um, I will start out, and I there's no it's no secret that I am heavy on the Yodas this week. I'm heavy on Asia, I'm heavy on TRD. Um, I, I I I gave out Kyle Bush outright on Derek's show on Wednesday night. I gave out Martin Truex top five plus 150. Um, I am going with the Skybox shitbox bet of the week in the Cup Series. Martin Truex Jr. top five plus 150. The dude. Wow. The, the numbers. Listen, the numbers talk. Okay. And, you, and, and I'm not always a numbers guy. I, I, sometimes I throw numbers out the window. Okay, but the battle between Truex and Kyle Busch at the end of Vegas one spoke to me, spoke to my soul. And the stat that made me, forced me to take this bet is Martin Truex Jr. at Las Vegas in the spring led one singular lap. But he had 34 fastest laps in the race. Tell me how it's possible. You got all these guys talking shit about how dirty air is so shitty for this car, X, Y, Z, blah, blah. But Vegas, it's a different story. Vegas produces multiple lanes of racing. Vegas puts on a good show. Put on a good show in Vegas one. But for someone to be in traffic, to run 34 fastest laps. So like, let's say there's 267 laps in a Vegas race and someone runs 34 of the fastest laps of that particular lap, not being in the lead tells me something. Now, am I going to be wrong about putting weight on Vegas one? Possibly, probably, honestly, probably. But my Cup Series Shitbox bet of the week, Truex top five. Okay, Xfinity shitbox bet of the week is the uh, – you, have you guys seen the, the TikTok trend? The cone? It's cone. It's a big lump of knobs. It has the juice. It has the juice. All right, we're going with the corn car. We're going with the gator. We're going with the number seven, Justin Allgaier, top three at even money. Okay. Going back to my our boy Aaron, okay, his heat chart. Our boy Aaron has Justin Allgaier as the number one comp track total speed ranking driver at Vegas, Texas, Charlotte, Kansas, and Texas too. Sorry, it took me a second. I've been drinking. Anyway, 
the Gator. I honestly was looking for him to be a little bit longer than four to one. I wish he was six to one, seven to one. That's where we've seen him at some of these tracks prior. I, I don't understand, and I don't know, I, I to be honest with you, I'm going to out myself. I don't really know what a hold is on mass, on odds, on an odds board. But to have the favorite at 250 to 1 and then have – or not 250 to 1, plus 250, and then have Ty Gibbs at plus 300, and then Gator, Allgaier at plus 400, I don't know, man. I thought that odds should have been plus 600, plus 700. But – what I'll take is Justin Allgaier, top three, even money, and Martin Truex, top five, plus 150. Rory, you look like you're chomping at the bits. You look like you're ready to go. I'm about to have some heartburn over here, but I'm going to take another sip of my vodka ginger ale. <laughs> yeah, give me some of your uh, – give me your shitbox best of the week, Xfinity and Cup. All right, so in Xfinity – we're going to go with Austin Hill minus 120 over John Hunter Neiman's check. Oh, that. Sam oh, Hunt that. shit Damn. box. Like, that's what we're going to Glad you didn't take my right bet. There. Austin I Hill. What, what are the odds? I got to document this. Minus 120. All right. I like that. Damn. Yeah. And. Even <clears throat> Then that's a that's a pure equipment bet right there, huh? That's my yes. kind of like that's my well, music. Austin Hill has been pretty damn solid. <laughs> like I think he has done very well in in the Xfinity series given Childress really hasn't been all that great in my opinion in the Xfinity series a whole lot here lately. I mean they either put some really good good stuff out there and and the kids just driving good equipment or he's actually a driver and they put something good out there because he's actually been running the top five lately. So that that was my reasoning on that. And then another one that I like is Daniel Suarez plus one oh five over Kevin Harvick. Like Harvard has no crew chief. They just got busted for cheating. Freaking like NASCAR's got this big ass cloud over SHR right now. So give me give me the guy that I think will will definitely have a top ten race car. He might even have a top five race car, but give me give me the dude that I think is gonna finish in the top ten against a guy that I think could possibly possibly be even like wrecked out of this race early yeah copy that all right so mark roy down for an austin hill minus 120 over a sam hunt racing shit box which no disrespect sam hunt racing i appreciate what you've been doing i will bet on you um but i'm not I, the name of john hunter in your car gives the odds makers a little bit more uh enticing news uh, to match him up with some some of these guys like Austin Hill, so I'm all about Austin Hill. And then the Cup I have, Series, I have a good idea after after Troy. All right, and right. so, then the Cup Series, we'll play we'll play rock paper scissors, and oh boy, whoever wins <laughs> rock whoever wins rock paper scissors has the first pick. They get to choose which series, but we're gonna do. Uh, Three series 
parlay on outright with each of us giving out a pick for each one, and whoever wins rock, paper, scissors is first, second, third. I'm sitting over here trying to figure out what he just said. What are we series all are we talking driver? about? We're going to do only two a, series this going, weekend. Oh, shit. Trucks. Yeah, there's no there. trucks. So we're going to – okay. Yeah. All right, so – we're just going to talk, man, and come up with winners for both. All right. You know what? On that home. note, Troy, what do you got, dude? Shitbox bets of the week. Okay. Let's start with Xfinity. Boy, when Rory said Austin Hill, I thought he was taking mine. But I'm going Austin Hill, top five, plus 250. Oh, juicy. I love That it. guy is consistently there at the end. He finds a way kind of sits there all of a sudden he's right there at the end and if you look at comp tracks he's actually done pretty well at the one and a half lately he's not just a super speedway guy i don't think anymore i think he's, he's smooth becoming, he reminds he, me of a smooth cat like david pearson just smooth. he's becoming good like like i'm not gonna put him on david pearson's level i'm just saying like just oh shit here here's this guy like last whatever laps of the race. I, I love that play. That's 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 awesome in my book. Now, if we go to Cup, and this might blow your mind just a little bit, but this team, I believe they said after the playoff or after the last race before the playoffs, they said they're going to kind of experiment with their cars. They've actually been finding some speed. RFK, they've been looking pretty good lately. Brad K, top 10, plus 300. Juicy, juicy. That's not a that's bad a, play. They have had speed lately. That, all right, that's so interesting. He, here's my thing with RFK and Brad K. We've seen the potential. We've definitely seen it. We've seen it more on the short tracks than we have on the intermediates. However, I like where your head's at because if you're going to win money and you're going to beat the odds makers, you got to get on it before they get on. And I see where your head's at. You, you like the number, you like the recent success. You might as well take it before everybody else gets on it. I'm with you. I don't think it's that crazy. And top 10, that's a lot of spots. If you count them out, exactly, that's actually 10, 10 whole spots that you have a chance of winning this bet in. And initially, I did like Stenhouse. That number's pretty good, too. Juicy. But he just – he was good in the first half of the season. I just haven't seen it lately. The only the, – the, the, the part that drew me, and if anyone doesn't know, on Derek's show on Wednesday night, my favorite top ten bet is Ricky Stenhouse, and it's seven to one. And the reason is – because he was sixth before the, the last lap or the last couple lap caution at Vegas one. And two of his five top tens have come on mile and a half tracks. And I just think seven to one is a gigantic number. Um, so what, Troy, why did you, why did you choose Brad K over Ricky Stenhouse? I just think looking, I know Texas was a shit show, but Brad K finished what eighth there. Um, I don't know what Stenhouse finished there. 
I'm sure he wrecked out. He probably did. Just even looking at Bristol, Dega, I know they're not comp tracks, but RFK has found something lately. Look at Chris Busher. They got some speed. I'm kind of going with momentum rather than, you know, previous track history. I'm all about momentum. I'm okay and with actually, momentum. Actually, if I have not used track history at all this year, like with previous years with the new car, but Brad K is very good here. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, if you guys don't have anything else to add, I am I am uh, the, I am intoxicated, so we might as well move into hashtag Rory stories. And uh, there we go. Yeah, here we go. So if you if you're done listening to the NASCAR talk, uh, and you want to just hang out, and you you may be drinking when you listen to this. Who knows? I don't know. I hope so. Awesome. Um, but we have we have reached the part of the show that is hashtag Rory Stories. And this is also the part of the show that I mute myself and I go uh, take a leak. So uh, without further ado, hashtag Rory Stories. Well, first off, I don't mind the Brad K play at all, Troy. Like, I, I could very well see him making it through carnage and finishing in the top 10. Like, just, but I, I can also see him, if the race turns into a long run race, I can also see him somehow managing a caution or something in there and then this and that. And I don't know. I kind of question whether he's going to gonna have top 10 speed, but I can see him taking a car <coughs> and turning it into a top 10 car. With the you think Ricky would have top ten speed? Spinhouse? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he very may well he finished seventh in stage one at Texas. I just went back and looked when you was okay. talking about Texas. Yep. So that tells me that yes, you were correct on your observation of Spinhouse. He'll be running good and then fucking Rex. And Rex Spinhouse. I think he blew a tire at Texas with the rest of the blown tires, if I'm not mistaken, while running in the top three. Wait a minute. Didn't Stenhouse – wasn't he in first at Texas? Some shit, yes, maybe. I don't know. And then did he wreck? Because everybody in the lead wrecked at that race. Yeah, that was was the official shit show. Moonshot. I just think – RFK and Brad, he's too smart of a driver. They're going to turn it around. I think they're going to be pretty decent next year. Yeah, I think they're going to get better. I think I think it was a good thing bringing him in. All right, here you go. I think here Brad's dedicated. Here you go. Uh, NASCAR timeline. Uh, 47 lap, th- lap 300. 47 spins from third. Number two spins from fifth, avoiding him. Who said top three? He was running in the top three. Yeah, he was. And blew a he tire. Was. He was. <laughs> yep. Who yeah. didn't blow a Your tire? Your official go-to. Exactly. You don't even have to ask Google. You just ask Rory. Uh, hashtag ask Rory. Here we go. More, more fucking segments. Here we go. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. All right. Here we go. So... 
it's the last day, last day of hunting season. And my buddy Adam, he come comes all the way down to Buckingham to go hunting with us on the last day. It yes, we were running dogs for all you dog running hating people out there. Like I wasn't part of anything or anybody that was harming dogs or not taking care of their dogs and we'll just drop the other part of this so PETA whatever the hell they're called so anyway we end up not killing a damn thing but they always had this great end of the year show up there at the little like original clubhouse like this old ass house we got old banjo music going on up in there with actually some newer time people actually they were they were pretty damn good like i give it to them they grew up in in the country i guess <laughs> even more country than i am <laughs> so we were having a good time somebody pulled the liquor out we get to drinking liquor we're, we're just like way too drunk to be driving an hour away from home basically <laughs> we're all the way in buckingham county and we got to drive all the way down 60 back to Amherst and then to Madison Heights. And it's, it's not looking good. I've never seen this guy drive as bad as he was driving that night. It, it was unreal. We're going back from the, not the, we're on a two lane road. So you don't want to be over on the left-hand lane when you're on a two lane road. Kept swerving back and forth, and I finally was just like, dude, <coughs> you are driving like shit. I've never seen you drive like this before. Like, pull the hell over. I don't give a damn where we pull over at, but anything's better than dying tonight. <laughs> Even if we get arrested by the cops, I really don't give a shit at this point. And, I mean, it's cold as hell. Like, we're talking January 30s whatever we pull up in this cutover and i i guess part of me part of me probably saved both of our lives that night but also the reason why i say both of our lives that night is is another story back in my time when i died like my buddy died in a wreck that i was in with him and you just don't drink and drive like always I'm with you always, there. always line line everything up like I'm not condoning anything that me and this guy was doing that night, but we were young, stupid, early twenties. Didn't know any better at the time as far as like, oh, I'm okay and you think you're okay, but I knew in this moment it was like, nah, you ain't all right. I was like, pull this son bitch over, I'll walk the hell back. I'll find a way. But we're not going through this shit again. So we end up pulling over in this cutover and we go to sleep. So we end up waking up. Neither one of us realized that we, what side of the road cutover we pulled over on. So we pull out of here going left and I'm like, this ain't fucking right. No way this is right. We literally drive all the way back to Buckingham County from fucking like, just got into Amherst County probably when when we pulled over. Maybe we might have been in Nelson, but we were definitely in a different county. All the way back to where we fucking came from, and I was like, nah, I know this shit ain't right now because 
I was a member of the hunting club, so I knew when I started seeing shit that I know that I see on the way there. So we end up having to turn around, come back. It, yeah, we we used to do a lot of dumb shit back back then. Like, I understand. The, the banjo, the banjo people—they they were amazing, but it it was it was fun. We had a good time. Glad I lived to tell the damn story. Like that, that was probably one of my most scary moments riding with somebody, because <laughs> I guess I was just like I was fucked up, but I was still paying attention, and I'm looking, and I'm like, this ain't like just one time. <laughs> this is a few, and I'm just like, no. Nah. Take a time out. Why do all of your stories have to do with drinking and driving? Is this just like the the novel of Rory? Back in the day, yeah. This is this is what Rory has learned in his life. That's what the and new you know what the crazy thing is. I've never had a DUI. Well, thank the fucking Lord, as you never should, and I hope you learn your lesson. Yeah. All right, folks. Now, you've heard now it. I just walk from places. You've heard it here first. And the story that I thought that was going to be told tonight, that will be told in a future episode, is a uh, maybe possibly a story of Rory running into uh, law enforcement, but it had a happy ending. Uh, not that kind of happy ending, but a pretty good happy ending. Um, yeah. All right, boys. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Troy. Thanks for hopping on with us, dude. Um, Loved it. The, the it last question. The last question. Enjoyed I have, it. Now you've had a couple bush lattes in you. I see the TV behind you is turned off, so you're ready for bed. However, are you gonna are you gonna play some wagers this week? Okay, I put you on the spot. Yes. Long shot. Let's shots. go. Let's go. Eric Jones. Jones. Okay. 100 to 1. Okay. Brad right. to 1. Talk to like Suarez, 40 to 1. Oh. And maybe Chastain. Okay. That's who you were talking about earlier with them track house boys. I'm documenting all this so I can go back and clip this so, and then go fucking I post. Think Jones, I think the books are disrespecting them a little bit. I think so. I mean, you see what he did. You saw what he did at Darlington. I know it's not a comp track, but I mean, eighty to one, hundred to one. Give me a break. Really? Yeah. Exactly. All right, boys. It was a pleasure. Episode seven of the Lane Coin Podcast. Um, I have. I drank. I had to drink an extra cocktail tonight. I did not drink Bush beer. I drank Tito's. Um, Hell yeah! Let's go. Yeah, second week in a row, and I only have to edit out one part. Here we fucking go. go. I'm just glad. I'm just glad Troy can make it. Like, damn right. That's cool as shit. Like, them wanting 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 to have him on, and now now we just got to meet up for a race. Oh fuck yeah! Where are you from? I'm in South Dakota, near Iowa. That's a little tough to make it to a NASCAR race, but we'll figure it out. Hey, Knoxville, that truck race was amazing. I loved it. How far is that from you? Uh, like four hours. Okay, that's not that bad. Shit, Rory, do we need to make the trip next year? 
Yeah, well, that, that's a long way for you guys. I love to do that. Well, all right, where am I flying into? I'm flying from Florida. Where am I flying into? Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. And then how far is it from there? About an hour. Oh, bingo. Count me in. I'll pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Be the first time. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm Kansas. Kansas. I'm that. I'm that. Urban, yeah. Urban how far is Kansas from you? Always dreamed of? About eight hours. Oh. No. Probably six. Okay. All right. I'm that well, Uber hey, I'm that Uber driver you always dreamed of with the Yeti one ten pulled a beer and all kinds of other shit. So not and... okay, so Rory picks me up from the um damn, where do we where do we land? Where where city did I land and I can't remember it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're up at the we I fly Lancaster. Lancaster. No, it's fucking Lancaster. I fly into Lancaster and Rory rolls up in this in this uh Chevy 250 or 2500 Ford's 250. And not only does he have a, a Yeti 110 in the back, he has a fucking flat screen TV ratchet strapped down in the back <laughs> the bed of the truck. Yes, dude. Yes. I swear to God. So he's got to like move the TV to get me a beer for our ride back to the hotel. Yeah, I swear to God. Hey, what about Nashville, guys? You go to that race? Count me. I fucking love Nashville. So I'm a Jags fan, and we play in Nashville every year, and I always go to the game. Count me. Fuck you, Roy. Count me in for a Nashville race. Yes. I actually might try that next year. Let's do it. Let's fucking plan something, dude. Let's see something roll. Rory, that's got to be close to you, right? Yeah, I can drive there. Eight hours, I think. Some no, shit like that. that. Dude, no that's way. Nothing. That's yeah. nothing. It Eight is. Hours? It's on the other side of Tennessee. Nashville. It's dude, like... it takes eight hours to get across the state of South Dakota. Yeah. That's wild. That's bonkers. I, I'll drive it. I don't give a shit. All right, boys. Uh, it was a pleasure. This is the end of the episode seven of the Land Coin Pod. Sayonara. See you next week. Peace. Thanks, fellas.